Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented and uh, Mississippi State wearing wife. Good dog. <laughs> Miss Southern Shell. Shell, I like the, the, the hell state. <laughs> It's college. College football is upon us. It's time to start. You know, represent. Is that what yeah. you were thinking when you wore, and you wore that shirt today? Yeah. I Ordered like me it. some new ones. Did you? I'm ready to go. I'm fresh for fall. You think those Bulldogs are going to do good this year in football? Yeah. They, I mean, they're 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 already a national champion yeah. this year with the baseball team. You think they can repeat it with football? I, I, Wouldn't that be something? What's their coach's name? It's a uh, the pirate. <laughs> I, Crazy guy. I like him. What is his name? I have no. I, I I can remember he was like Texas. What he Texas Tech's coach at one Gosh, time or something. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, he's no Lane Kiffin. Oh, you have to look it up. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing great. Rocking y'all. the Del Taco hat. Rocking the Del Taco. Hat. We're gonna you're gonna wear that until we get us a franchise here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, we'll we'll buy the building next door. What's, and, uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> What's the farthest uh, uh, east? Leach. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Leach. That's right. Uh, usually, farthest east, there's a Del Taco. Is there like any in Texas? Uh, yes, and they're basically all around us. I mean, but it's all within five or six hours. So there's okay. some in like uh, Chattanooga, Atlanta. Okay, the, uh, every direction you. Can I've go. never had a Del Taco. It's delicious. I haven't either. I but mean, I've heard is of people the, talking about. Is it, it the Waterburger of tacos? That's kind of <laughs> or the In and Out of tacos. I, I guess is I would say would? so. And they just have like so much stuff on their menu that's like not. Also that, but it's also really good. Like cheeseburgers and stuff, normally at a taco place, you'd be like, no, that wouldn't be good. Like Jack in the Box sells tacos, and their tacos yeah. are like, eh. Um, they're really good. Best hangover food ever. Really? Oh, I could see that. What's better, Chick-fil-A or Del Taco? Mm, that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. I'm partial to Mexican food, so I have to go with Del Taco. Yeah. I would say Del, I would say taco, and I've never had a Del Taco. <laughs> I mean, not knocking Chick-fil-A, but it's like the most standard. I mean, it's... It's so good. I don't good. consider it hangover food. You can't get it on Sundays and usually no, that's the no. day I want some hangover no, food. No, it's not a hangover food, really. <laughs> yeah. It's What's a, your favorite thing at Chick-fil-A? I want number one. Just the re- standard yes. standard issue, bun, yes. pickle, chick, Chick-fil-A? Extra mayo. Extra mayo. They do have the best restaurant mayo in the little packets. Yeah. That's, you know, my favorite thing from chick- Chick-fil-A is probably their little chicken biscuit things they have yeah the, the little mini. Ti- yeah the little chicken minis it's like on a little sweet almost hawaiian roll mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just get a little box of those or they can get the platter if you're really hungry get the whole platter <laughs> you, their sandwich is just okay last time you told me that was a pretty daggum chicken it, sandwich it is a good chicken sandwich <laughs> but it's not like my favorite yeah i like the spicy deluxe that's my that's favorite. what i get that's a good chicken sandwich so we cook the deluxe with the hot sauce. It's got like a hot spicy seasoning. Oh, you're on getting it. the spicy deluxe. Yeah, and that yeah. what you said, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Spicy deluxe, okay. yeah. the extra mayo. You can't add bacon to it or anything like that. Can you? You can get it with pepper jack <laughs> cheese. I guess it comes with pepper jack cheese. But you think it's better than the Popeyes? Uh, I've only had that Popeyes sandwich one time, and I thought it was a great sandwich. The Popeyes is really good. Yeah, I don't like our Popeyes around here. That's the problem. Like, I, know. I feel like I always have come like bad customer service, that kind of stuff. Maybe it's gotten better though. It's been a while. Been no, a while. I can't imagine. We went to one that was horrible at Cenotopia. I, mean, I hate I hate to say that. Man, it was like, dang, they forgot how to make chicken. Yeah. It's like it was terrible. 
They got some old crusty ones that they hadn't sold in a couple hours and sold <laughs> <Yeah>. to us. <laughs> yeah, this, we have we had another. This was on the road we were traveling. We saw it. I saw it on Facebook. It was like the new chicken sandwich by Burger King. It's supposed to be the game changer chicken sandwich. It wasn't all. It was crazy. Yeah, we were heading to the beach. And it was, yeah, like, it wasn't that good. It. No, it wasn't, it wasn't good, good at, all. at all. It was dry. It wasn't a pop. It wasn't a Popeyes or a Chick Fil A. No, I hadn't. Have you had a Bojangles yet? So we have a Bojangles now. We haven't had Bojangles. So I'd had it multiple times before, and I really wasn't impressed with it. But then this new one opened, and I gave it a couple months, and we went there, and I thought it was phenomenal. I tell you the best. The best thing Fruit. Bojangles has is the chicken biscuit. Yeah, I was going to ask, was it a breakfast? Did you go Bojangles breakfast or did you go Bojangles lunch? I think every time I've – I don't think I've ever had the breakfast, just the lunch, and uh, it was always on par. But I had – they they serve it with biscuits. So I kind of got the taste, I guess, of yeah. what that might taste like, and it was really good. I've never had it for lunch. I've only had it for breakfast. They're mac and cheeses. I'm really? Fine. I hadn't been to the – since it's been open probably a year. Every time you go, traffic's backed up out in the street down Goodman Road, and that's a nightmare already. So. No. Like, I'm not waiting in line for – some fried chicken yeah. sandwich or something. Some chicken. I'll go to J and J one stop. <laughs> it's hey. probably better. Um, Their fried yeah. chicken's the best at Hernando. Well, other than Jun- Junior's, has got good fried chicken. It's like grandma style fried chicken. It's the real deal. But as far as like quick, oh J and J's got everybody beat. <laughs> crunchy, you, crispy, crunchy chicken. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's like standard issue. I guess all the little gas stations get it, but they do it right there. Some old ladies cooking it in there know what they're doing with that. Fry, fry batter. Oh, yeah. We had a whole conversation a few weeks ago about how good Southern gas station food is. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got the best? Do you have one? I mean, as long as they're serving crunchy, crispy chicken and there's the right people in there cooking it and it's going fresh. First one, the, the best one comes to my mind is the chicken on stick in Oxford at the yeah. Chevron. That is like, man. So, that you know, what that was my where my aversion with Chick-fil-A started. When I was um, first at Ole Miss, they made you get a meal plan. And in the student union, this was back before, I don't even know if there were any standalone Chick-fil-A's in our area. I'd never seen any. Yeah. I had never been anywhere. No. But they had one in the – They were uh, only in food court. Yeah, in the food court at, at student first, union. yeah. And so we had – I don't remember. Well, back then, I think you had to put like $1,000 or $500 on your board. And that's where you ate. So we would go get Chick-fil-A. And, man, it was just plain and – and then we had the Chevron down the street where you could go. You couldn't use your, you know, your board money on your card, <laughs> but you could you could put it on those new credit cards they gave you in the lobby. <laughs> and then you could get chicken on a stick, and it blowed anything Chick Fil A had. It still does. That that chick chicken on a stick from Chevron is the best gas station food I think you could possibly get. You probably never heard of it, have you? Nope. Now I got to try it though. Go to Oxford. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. To me, it's not the best chicken on a stick I've ever had, but it's up there. They don't waste space with onions and I peppers. I want the onions and, and pickles. the pickles. It's just a and the delicious. Potatoes. Yeah, it don't have all that filler. That's where most of those gas stations get you on the chicken on a stick. They put pieces of potatoes on there that's two inches wide, and they put four of those. They don't have to put any chicken on it. <laughs> it's chicken, peppers, onions, and pickles, and then with a couple pieces of chicken. I want chicken all the way down that wooden skewer. I at least want the onions and the pickles. To me, the pickles. I can do with the pick- pickles making. I yeah. Chick-fil-A figured the, that out, I guess. Yeah. Do they really? You think they really soak their chicken in pickle juice? I've heard that's a lie. I don't know if that's an urban legend or whatever. They do put two little pickle slices. See, that's another hang up with Chick fil A I got. <laughs> what if I want six pickle slices? I bet you could request it you and they, they would, would say, My pleasure. That's so true. <laughs> Customer service. I want can't extra, be I want triple pickles. Triple pickles. I can try that. Next time I go, I'm going to try it. And see. Triple pickles. I bet see they would they load do. it up. 
I bet you they give me three pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that's all I get. On the receipt, it'll it'll say like four ketchup packets, you know, exactly. three mayo packets. I do stuff. like their little ketchup dipper packages or whatever. That makes it. Because most of the time, if you get fast food, we're eating it somewhere in the car on the way somewhere. We're not taking it back home to yeah. eat fast food. And so you can't use just a regular ketchup packet. It gets everywhere. But the little dipping ones, you can tear the little thing <laughs> on, ride down the road, dip your waffle fries in it, and off you go. <laughs> I'll hold it for you and yeah, while you drive. Off to the beach we go. So, last weekend, it's your birthday. It was. We cooked. Turned 26 again. <laughs> we cooked steaks. Man, we did it up. So, we went <laughs> I to. I put a picture on Instagram. We went to what we call our hunt, hunt, hunt house, which is our hunting property where we built a little house on it. We have a place to stay when we go. And invited some friends down and, uh, Mark and his wife cooked breakfast for him. Mark and Emily cooked, man, awesome breakfast. I've got to start with the breakfast. You're a breakfast junkie. I am. And it, it, it was And breakfast. I never cooked I it for you. I call it breakfast of champions. <laughs> My mom does it probably better than anybody. But Mark, Mark and Emily threw down on it. Like, I'm talking what about homemade this? gravy. Homemade milk, buttermilk gravy with sausage, bacon, eggs, biscuits, cheese. Let me tell you, have y'all ever had melted? This was new to me. That's new to me, too. Breakfast for breakfast, melted cheese. So Mark takes a block of a couple different kinds of cheeses and cuts them up, puts it in an iron skillet, throws it in the oven. And I'm like, okay, what are we, are we seasoning? Are we doing? No, he don't do nothing to it. It's just cut up cheese in an iron skillet. You put it in the oven when your biscuits are baking. And when you take it out and those biscuits are ready, and he buttered, like he melted some butter and put all over the top of these biscuits, and you bust that biscuit open, and you take that hot cheese, hot, it just all melts into like. It's not like a cheese dip. I don't know. It's just like it doesn't stick to the pan or anything. And you can just I'm take just... a a knife and you kind of cut you out some hot cheese and you put it over that biscuit. Man, it's a game changer. It's like I've never I've had breakfast all over the place, but I've never had melted cheese. I want it on toast. I bet it would be good on toast. Yeah. But yeah, it's almost like a So I did like half a biscuit with gravy, half a biscuit with melted cheese, scrambled eggs, crispy bacon. He had a different bacon, petty jean bacon. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? It's like it almost tastes like a natural bacon. Yeah. It did not have You're, any salt. Nitrate like, free, probably. Yeah, yeah, you like, yeah. You like the Wright's brand better? Oh my gosh, you better nitrate it up. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna taste it. You wanna taste the nitrates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I thought it was pretty good. The sausage was good. Yeah, the sausage was good. No, and sliced tomatoes. And look, that this is one of my favorite things too for breakfast. Fresh sliced tomatoes from the garden. After you cook your bacon, the bacon grease is hot. You put you some TX on it, or you know, or just some cracked black pepper if you don't have TX. On your tomatoes, and then drizzle it with that hot bacon grease. Just get you a spoon of that hot bacon grease and drizzle those tomatoes. Oh man, you talk about for breakfast with a biscuit and gravy. God, that ain't nothing better. So is that what it requires to be a breakfast of champions? Yeah, you gotta have all that. You gotta have everything. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta and have you just all added the components. melted cheese yeah. now, didn't you? The only thing that could make it better, like if you had pancakes, go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Denny's Grand Slam has nothing on the breakfast of champions. <laughs> Southern, I mean, it's gotta be homemade, too. You can't, like. They had um, Mary B's biscuits, and I thought they were really yeah, those good. Were good. My mom would make homemade biscuits. That's yeah. the only thing that could have probably could have. If I'd had her biscuits to go with all that stuff, I was. Jam up. His Mary B's, I thought, were really, really good. I was impressed with those. Yeah, That's what were. I'm going to start buying now. They're too easy. Yeah. You just open them up. I like making homemade biscuits, so. I don't enjoy cooking breakfast. I'm not that crazy about eating breakfast. It's just not one of my favorite meals. Are the Mary B's, like, frozen biscuits? Yeah. yeah. You had them? 
No, my dad okay. always did like red lobster biscuits with breakfast, which sounds so weird, really? I'm sure. Like but garlic ass. butter biscuits for yeah. breakfast? That'll starch out right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. They come in like a box, yeah. They're yeah. they're pretty good though. Yeah, no, I like red lobster biscuits. Heck yeah. But I like them for dinner. It's like a dinner. They say there's yeah. different times of day to eat different biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> garlic butter with parsley biscuits are a dinner thing. It is. Know? It goes with like, lunch at the very least. Yeah, at least lunch. <laughs> I never understood. They don't really go with seafood, though. So why did Red Lobster do biscuits? Because, I, I mean, do you think seafood, you think hush puppies. You know, that's what I think. I don't think of biscuits, but it works. I, I think it might be a I don't New England a, type thing, or maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't. I really don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But why they serve biscuits? I, I mean, most places I know in the South we do hush puppies. Mm-hmm. Do, you you've been up in that area, Ty? Is that where you're from? Yeah, Boston area. Boston. Did y'all have biscuits up there a lot? Not really. I mean, a lot of people just did rolls. You know, I mean yeah. stuff like that. But with the seafood or whatever. Yeah. Even growing up, like we didn't really cook biscuits in the morning either. Like it was more. I don't even, yeah. I might not have had my first biscuit till I came down here. I mean, it, but biscuits is really a Southern thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, biscuits, they consider them more like a cookie or something you serve at tea time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a dry, crumbly type. It's not like the Southern buttermilk, big, fluffy cathead biscuit. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a Southern thing. I don't know where Red Lobster got those. Maybe they just pulling stuck it up with right it. now. <laughs> When they started doing it, it says celebrating 25 uh, years of Cheddar Bay biscuits. Cheddar Bay, huh? Introduced in 19. Oh, yeah, I forgot they have the cheese in them, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cheese and garlic butter and parsley. A lot for breakfast. Yeah, that's a lot for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot for breakfast. So moving on to dinner. I don't see, they wouldn't be good with gravy to me at all. Uh-uh. But it probably would be good with like etouffee. That's something you could do. You could do seafood biscuits with a etouffee, like a shrimp or crawfish etouffee over them. Man, I got to do that. Sounds too good. So moving on to dinner. Yeah, lunch. We didn't. Even, we skipped lunch. We didn't have lunch yeah. when we were there because we had such a big breakfast. We, uh, you did a charcuterie board. It was just various cured meats with cheeses, cheeses. three or four different cheeses, and it all was our really good products. Too. It was really good. We did uh, like a shrimp cocktail, and then the meat flight. So what was, steaks? What do you know? What all steaks were cooked? Yes, we had. Uh, Kevin had sent me some that I'd had in the freezer. Kevin's so, a butcher shop. Butcher, from the butcher shop, Pensacola. If y'all are in that area and you want some steaks, go see my man Kevin because he's got them. Best briskets on the planet. Um, competition briskets or just cooking briskets, he's got them all. But anyway, I had a Japanese A5 filet, the real deal. I mean, this steak was a $100 steak. And one steak. One steak. $100. Raw. Yeah, raw. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, I don't know, it's probably eight ounces. And we had that. We had a tri-tip. We had, I bought another filet from comparison from Kroger. It was, it, was a, it was a prime Angus from Kroger out of the meat case. Um, Mark brought four ribeyes that were milk cow ribeyes. I don't understand really. I'm still not sure. They, I think they're from Jersey cows, like Jersey milk cows, the black and whites, you know, like Chick fil A cow, eat more chicken cows. Yeah. That's, that's a what, Jersey milk cow to me. So they're just taking milk cows and turning them into meat? I, yeah, I guess they're, I mean, when they. But they were so tender. They're my new favorite. It steak. couldn't have been a full grown, like, yeah. milk to her end point yeah. cow. Why would it couldn't you have been, you know, kill on a her Jersey last cow. leg. These must have been like. 
Unless it's Jersey, old. Little Jersey. That's what I was thinking. You know, she then gave her all she could give. They <laughs> yeah. milked her, hooked up the machine for 20 years. I said, well, we got to put old Bessie down. Don't want to waste her the meat. Steaks. Yeah. No. This was, the fillets were small. I mean, the ribeyes were small. They were like way small. I mean, I, if I had to guess the size of them, they were probably like eight to 10 ounce ribeyes. They so they come off a small loin. So Very that, marbled. That uh, led me to believe that it was a young cow, probably a young Jersey steer, maybe I guess, or something. I doubt it was. They took one of the prize milk cows, but uh, they were marbled up. I mean, it was definitely it would have been a prime rating, and it had like a thick vein of vein of fat in it, mm-hmm. like you expect in a ribeye. They were just small ribeyes. The loins were small, but they would melt in your mouth. And they had a sweet. Yeah, it had. It too. did have like a not in a bad way. In a yeah, really, yeah, really in a good, good way. way. Yeah, those were so. That we knew what the A5 was going to be like. Yes. You can eat a piece so of it. So how did Mark cook the A5? In an iron skillet. So Mark did all the cooking on my birthday. I didn't have to cook anything. <laughs> I just He just let me supervise. Oh, we also <laughs> which had... Which is where you shine. <laughs> yes, which is where I shine. <laughs> so he did, um, he did a couple different ways. Like with the regular filet, we've got a buddy uh, named Darren. You know Darren. He does. He's famous at Deer Camp for doing his black pepper filet. So he takes filets... And pretty much coats it in black pepper. Like puts it on a plate, rolls the edges. It's got a black pepper crust. He puts it in a Ziploc bag, adds just enough Worcestershire to create some moisture, and lets it sit in there for like four or five hours. So he'll even go overnight. And you think it's going to be like way over black pepper, but it doesn't. It makes a nice little crust on it, but it's not super peppery or hot or anything. And so that was the one way we did the regular fillet. And then when that was did, good. It was really good. It was great. That fillet I didn't was awesome. Know that's how y'all did that. Yep, yeah, it was really good. And so we, with the A5 filet, all we put on it was salt. It was just it was just coarse salt, put it in an iron skillet, with- seared it on both sides, put it on the edges, and then put just a little bit of butter in there at the end, just kind of basted it, and that was it. It was like, beef tallow, actually. Yeah, it was a beef tallow he yeah. added to that. Yeah. We took a tub of beef tallow. Yeah. And so we basted it, and that, I mean, he took it, I think, to about 125 is all, and sliced it up and you could still see all the marbling in it and it would melt in your mouth but it just doesn't taste like steak it tastes like bone bone marrow marrow in steak form that's the best way to describe how that a5 tastes that's the flavor i get from it incredibly rich beefy but the mouthfeel is super soft it's almost you know you're you're chewing on a lot of fat yeah but it melts in your mouth. It doesn't. It just kind of dissolves in your mouth. But I'm with you. It doesn't taste like a ribeye. Yeah, it was anything like the regular the yeah. the prime fillet we've had. Totally different textures, even though it's the same muscle. It almost tastes like you're just getting a spoon of beef fat. Yeah, yeah, a little bit firmer, a little good. bit firmer bone marrow. You know, <laughs> bone, bone marrow is kind of spreadable and all melts like butter. And I love this it. This is it's like, great. Has a little more texture to it, but it still melts out and just coats your mouth. It's. I mean, it's good. Could you eat that whole steak? No way. You'd be sick as a dog mm-hmm. if you tried to eat that whole thing. So, you know, like we we had that one filet. It probably cut. I don't know. What do you think? Cut a dozen strips, probably. Yeah, and everybody and got everybody one got strip. Yeah, everybody got one. And so you just you know that you just wanted to try it. Uh, we also did a tri tip, and we did that like a reverse sear. Put it on the Traeger, and then he had a, we had a hot PK, and we seared seared it on there at the end. Um, yeah. That one was probably when you when it's going up against all the other things we had. Yeah, because tri tips a little. You it was know, a little tougher. Yeah, it's a little tougher, different kind of. Yeah. Meat, but it's still it's sirloin. You know, it comes off the sirloin. Yeah, where'd you get that tri tip? It came from Kroger too. The first time I ever seen them yeah. in a meat case. 
I even asked the butcher because it was trimmed up already. He said, yeah, we've been, you know, people started requesting them. So he said, it's not cool. easy to get because they don't get a lot of tri-tip. They have to start special ordering. But if people are going to pay seven ninety nine a pound for it, for sirloin, why not? Yeah. And it was probably, I don't know, two and a half pounds. You know, they're kind of small. You also did lamb chops. We did. I had uh, Kevin had sent me a double rack of lamb in a package, a cryvac. I don't know where it came from. It might have been Australian lamb. I thought it was New Zealand on the it package. Probably, it, might, it probably was New Zealand. Yeah. That's where they do a lot of lamb. But uh, those were excellent. We they did those with Mark's good. Prime Beef Rub to try it on lamb. And they never, like, they just hit the hot, the charcoal grill. Charred them kind of on, you can't really do all, you know, four sides. You do two sides and then kind of stand it up, take it to about 125, medium rare, and take it off and let it rest. And that, I'm not, y'all know I'm not a huge lamb fan at all. You love it. But, um, it, it had no was, lamb flavor to No, me. no, it wasn't. You know, sometimes lamb has its own lamby flavor. It's, and I it's like not it. gamey, but it's not. It's a little hint of wanginess. Yeah, just a just little. You just know that it's lamb. But this wasn't. It was just tender. You had about three bites on the bone. You know, they're small racks. Yeah. But what made it shine, that's why uh, I, I wanted to bring this in here, this chimichurri. We made a chimichurri, um, which is like a herb. You think of herb meets vinaigrette. And that's, that's kind of what a chimichurri yeah. sauce is. They use it on a lot of beef and stuff down in South America, like, you know, Argentina, Brazil. You get it when you go to those, like, how do you say that, Trosco restaurants, Brazilian Trosco's. But that's what they serve. And so um, we found this product. We used to make it a lot. I used to. So to make it, you it take, like, two, two bunches of cilantro, two bunches of parsley, chop it all up super fine. Chop up some garlic. I usually put a little bit of shallot in it. You put it in a bowl with vinegar, like a uh, red wine vinegar, and then you drizzle in olive oil, and you season it up, salt, a little pepper if you want, a little pepper flake, or you can put chili in it, something like that. And you let it sit, and it just kind of comes together. Rehyd- you know, It kind of hydrates the, the oil and the vinegar, hydrates those herbs. Everything softens up, and it makes a really flavorful, fragrant Fresh. steak sauce yeah. or sauce for meat. Well, we found this product, and we started selling it. It is um, a dehydrated chimichurri. So it has the herbs in there. It's got the parsley. It's got the cilantro. Read, read what's in that. What's the brand for Frugoni? Alfregoni. Alfregoni. Alfregoni's who does it. Um, spices, garlic, and salt. That's all it says it's in it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's easy. Now, I'm guessing, I mean, it's, I mean knowing how I make one, it probably has, it has cilantro in it. It oh, has yeah. uh, parsley in it. It has dehydrated uh, garlic in it. It probably has a little bit of onion in it. Well, um, it's probably got this one doesn't have any spice, so it doesn't have the red chili flakes. He's got a hot version that has red chili flakes in it. But all you do is mix equal parts this with um, with vinegar, and then you drizzle in. Oh, it's not olive oil. No, you drizzle in the olive oil. Oh, then you drizzle. So in it's the like olive oil. so the way I made it, I did like a quarter cup of the chimichurri uh, seasoning. It's hard to see on here. Yeah, looks like something you roll up or put in a. Peace pot. Uh, <laughs> I love if y'all can see this. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like, though. It does have some red chili or something in it. It's not, but you used but, uh, to take the time to chop everything to make yeah, chimichurri. Oh yeah. but chimichurri is an involved process. Yeah, you got to like chopping. Since we found this, you yeah. haven't done that. We've just used this because it's just as good to yep, me. That's right. And so it's one part of the dry seasoning and one part vinegar. 
you could use whatever you wanted for vinegar. If you wanted to use a cider vinegar, if you wanted to use a red wine. I've even used my hot sauce because it's vinegary, and it's yeah. really good with it. And then two parts Ooh, That's olive a good oil. idea. And then you let it sit. Now, if you try it right away, it, it's got to have time to rehydrate all these dry, dehydrated herbs. So um, I'd made it up a couple hours ahead and let it sit in the fridge, kind of chill out. And then you just stir it up, and it goes great with lamb. It goes great with any red meat. We even dipped the shrimp in it from the shrimp cocktail. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. I've never dipped sh- dipped shrimp in chimichurri yeah, sauce, t- but I, it goes, I would do it was that again. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. But we've also been using this on potatoes. Yes, <laughs> and we did like oven roasted potatoes. Yeah. It, you could do it as a crust, like if you wanted to do the lamb with it. Yeah, on the outside or herb roasted uh, prime rib or something. This would work great. But if y'all, it's had, one of my new yeah, favorite products. Yeah. That I do probably. like. It. I wish I would have thought of it. I hate to, you know, I don't have a. <laughs> Killer Hogs version. <laughs> <laughs> I would have told you it wouldn't work. Yeah, I would have said it wouldn't either, but but I brought it in, and he sent us some to sample. And when he brought it in, I mixed it up, and we didn't have any uh, vinegar here. That's how I used my hot sauce. And we just happened to be cooking some steaks out for lunch one day here at the at the shop. And I, so I mixed it up, and, man, everybody went crazy over it. It's such a different steak dipping sauce, you know. Like, I don't I – mean, I'm not super – Huge fan of dipping my steak in steak sauce. I mean, you know, I'll eat a little A one here and there, but, <laughs> but I, it's not something I do all the time. But that stuff is just so you know, it's a different, fresh flavor that goes great with it. Um, we also talked about that beef tallow. I'm not a fan, really. I mean, I love the home, the stuff that you guys made at when the shop one day when you tallow. rendered it yourself and made it. Talk about the tub, the tub. Mark agreed with me. He said it tasted like it was freezer burnt. Really? Had a, we probably shouldn't be talking about this because we sell it, but <laughs> I <laughs> well, didn't like I mean, it. People, use, people are going crazy over it on brisket and stuff like that. I'd try other brands. So we did, um, we did, a, you did a beef tallow mushroom. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So instead, normally when you do mushrooms, like steakhouse uh, mushrooms. Yeah, steakhouse mushrooms. I, it's know, butter. Uh, if you got a little onion, that's even better a little garlic or something shallot. like that yeah shallot but it's butter worcestershire sauce little red how wine. much butter you usually do like a stick of butter per it depends on how many mushrooms i have how many you usually I'm use eating. like two but i'm not shy with course. it yeah. yeah it needs the butter yeah. that's what makes it so good and it you know kind of reduces down with the mushrooms and softens them up and then you, it really kind of makes a good steak sauce and then you, you know? but don't you kind of crank the heat up and really turn it into a reduction yeah it's but almost you can't like take a, it too far it'll It'll score, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to, yeah, it will. The butter will come, will come part of the, the juice that's in it. With but the, I the added the, the beef tallow to this particular application uh, when I was cooking those mushrooms Saturday night. I thought they were pretty good. They, had, I really did. I could taste it. I was like these, and, and I had the sauce just right. Like you know, you can't take it too far. You can't take it not far enough. Yeah, I had the sauce just right, and I was disappointed in the flavor. And I know it's because of that beef tallow. Mark said the same thing. He thought it tasted. So I used wangy. to make up like when I do competition briskets, I, I call it my mushroom reduction. Yes, I start with chopped up mushrooms. I saute up some garlic, saute up some. Well, I usually start with one shallot, finely, finely minced. I hate having up. to make that recipe. Well, it's a thirty minute reduction. <laughs> it is because I take it through steps of reducing everything that goes in it. So it would go, you know, saute your shallots and your garlic, add your mushrooms, season it all up. And I would add Worcestershire and soy sauce, and I would reduce that for like five minutes until it, you know, cooks all the water out, concentrates the flavor. Then I would add uh, red wine, like one whole cup of red wine. Mm-hmm. I usually use like a sweet table red wine, 
and then reduce that down for five minutes. So the wine, the Worcestershire, the soy, all that's concentrated. Then I would add two cups of beef stock and then reduce that down for 10 minutes. And so I've concentrated all these flavors and I would strain it out. And that was what I put in my wrap for brisket. You'd strain those mushrooms out? And then, yeah. And when it usually did this late Thursday night. You know, we were really busy trimming, getting whatever, and a lot of times I'd eat those mushrooms. For yeah, you strained out. <laughs> they were so mushrooms. good. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's just a—I don't know how to explain it. It's beefy. It has a little bit of sweetness. You taste the flavors in the wine. You get a little of the umami note. A lot of umami. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, it's that's what was gives the brisket so much flavor. And I didn't ever pour it like over the brisket. It was just around it and cooked in it. But it makes the best, the best uh, au jus when it comes out of that brisket wrap. I agree. It's really, really good. Why'd you get away from using that? It was because it was labor intensive. Yeah. And then people were doing just, you know, using like Cosmo's brisket mop or something like that or beef consomme mixed with that some kind of way. And it was just easier. Yeah. And you know what? I haven't got a 180 in brisket since I quit using it. I need to go back to it. Yeah, try I it. I probably will. I'll probably make that and take it with me. And you haven't been competing yeah, as, as much. much. Um, that was back when we were competing all the time. Yeah. But we were killing in brisket, too. Yeah. Chicken and brisket were and pork. Yeah. We we used to do pretty good. So we uh, um, so the, if you hadn't seen the pictures of all that beef, Tyler, y'all had, y'all had it on social media. Yep. It was on uh, Instagram. It was pretty impressive. Was that it big on platter. Facebook, too? Yeah. It's beautiful. It was yeah. like when I saw it on Saturday, I was like, "Man, I know where I'm going." Oh. Right now. <laughs> it was so good. We have plenty so left good. over too. It was... Yeah, there's still a bag of it in the refrigerator. We should have brought it up here. Yeah, the people eat on it all week because I was like, "What are we gonna do with this?" I was like, "We're gonna make steak, steak and rice or something." But we didn't do anything with it. We've been so busy this. I morning. ate the leftover lamb chops for lunch oh, Monday. Yeah, <laughs> they were in a separate little yeah. container. Um, so today I want to talk to you about something. We didn't talk about the potatoes. Oh, okay. Talk about the potatoes. So I saw <laughs> Google Foods. I know people probably seen him on YouTube. Yeah. And he does TikTok too. So he last week recipes. on TikTok, come across my little stream where I flipped through that he was doing these potatoes. It was to go with steak. And so he took like a package of bacon, cut up into little pieces, rendered it, pulled the brown, you know, browned it up really good, pulled the bacon out, left the grease, threw in an onion, caramelized it in the bacon fat, added the um, took that out and then put the little potatoes. He used uh, like Yukon Gold, baby Yukon Golds cut in half, put them cut side down in the pan of bacon grease, and it's got the onion flavor in it, and fried them just until the top, that cut side turned like beautiful, beautiful gold Yeah, like brown. French fries yeah. color. Yeah. And then took those out, or I think at that point you'd leave it all in, add the bacon back, add the onion back, season it just a little bit, stick it in the oven for like 20 minutes on 350. Yeah, and I it tossed makes, it at yeah, that point. Yeah, kind of tossed yeah. it. But it made the best little oven-roasted potatoes. But man. then when it came out, I added some of that chimichurri and Parmesan on the top. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. They were really, really good. They were good. really good. So That's if y'all need a potato recipe to try, you can look that video up or just go by how I just said do it. It's simple. <laughs> yeah. I need to do that. That'd be a good one to do. Yeah, that would be. Figure out how to do that or just give him some credit for doing it because I, I love oven roasted potatoes but I've never done them that way cooked down in bacon fat what do I mean bacon I used to toss them in yeah. bacon fat like I've if done I that had, we just quarter them. them like kind of quarter them toss them in bacon fat season them with like AP or TX throw them in the oven That's we'd have that all the time yeah and people would be like 
ooh, this is the best potatoes ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or even duck fat. Like, I like spraying them, like cutting them yeah. and spraying them with duck fat. You know, the same company that makes that beef tallow makes that duck fat. I love the duck fat. It's got great flavor. I use it all the time. We use it on chicken wings before we cook them. Oh, man. It, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's good. So today I want to talk to you about smoke as a seasoning. Smoke as a seasoning. Is smoke a seasoning? Uh yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if I consider it a seasoning as a as I consider it more of a a component of the flavors I'm trying to get when I'm barbecue when I make barbecue or barbecuing, however you want to look at it. So it's, it's just one of the elements. Yeah, it's one of the elements. So, you know, you've got your spices, your seasonings, you've got the meat, the flavor of whatever meat. Like say if you're cooking beef, you want it to be beefy. You want to use spices and seasonings that accent that beef but don't cover it up. And then you're using the grill or the pit to get the smoke flavor. So the species of wood you use makes a difference. That's all a component of it. That's what builds the bark. It gets down in the meat. You taste the essence of the meat. You taste the seasons, and you taste the smoke. That's how it works for me. Yeah. Can you add too much? Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You can add bad smoke. You can add too much smoke. Um, you can add too little smoke. Too little smoke, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, definitely. It doesn't take – I learned – Learned a long time ago that it doesn't take a whole lot of smoke. Smoke goes a long way. You can easily oversmoke something, but it's hard to. I mean, to me, it's hard to undersmoke something. If you got some, if you don't put any wood on it, but undersmoked, uh, I mean, it just don't. I, mean, I don't really have that problem. The only time I have a problem where it don't taste smoky is on a pellet grill. That's, you know, and that's and not it's not usually because pellet grill. A lot of times it's the um, like the Weber, or see that's a different flavor because a lot of times I don't add wood. When I'm like grilling yeah. on a Weber or something like that, I want that charcoal. No, I'm flavor. talking about when you do ribs on oh, a Weber. Yeah. Because you don't get the same, same yeah. Smoke. Or when you've done them on a, pe- a propane grill before. Yeah, you don't get the same. Yeah. It's just it's just the way the wood burns or smolders. Yeah. You don't get the same effect. And I'll tell you where I have gotten some good on the Weber is when I put a little chunk over the vortex doing wings. You would be surprised by how much smoke flavor that one chunk will give wings. When you're cooking them in, you know, 35, 40 minutes on a, on a vortex in high heat, but it still gets that wood smoke flavor. Do you feel that a chicken absorbs smoke better than a, a beef or um, pork? Or Some meat does and some meat don't. Like, you know, chicken really takes on, it can take on some smoke and get too smoky. But so can beef and pork, but they're doing it in a longer time. Typically, you're not cooking a piece of poultry that long when it's on a grill. And so it's this out. It's like a sponge. It's going to absorb it. Yeah. And it's going to get, you can get it way too smoky. That's why I'm not a big fan of using mesquite because it gets stuff way over smoked. I mean, a lot of people love mesquite turkey or mesquite chicken. For me, it's too strong. It almost has like a, a, a bitter, it'll get, it'll get a weird, sweet, bitter flavor. That's just not, not good barbecue to me. I don't, I'm not crazy about it, but I don't buy mesquite turkey from the deli either. I just don't like that flavor. Yeah. Um, so different woods, can you tell a difference between the different woods? Definitely. When yeah. I, you know, so when I'm cooking with them, um, like beef, for instance, I like uh, hickory. I like oak. I like pecan. I don't put any fruit. I don't like putting fruit wood. The only exception is a little cherry on beef because it gives it that real pretty red smoke ring. But um, apple, uh, peach, things like that, they just don't go with beef. You know, it's just too sweet and too mild of a smoke that just doesn't give it a whole lot of flavor. And beef really needs like a bold smoke to it. And that's what you get from your hardwoods like your hickories and your pecans or your post oak, something like that. That's why people use it. You got to watch those woods because they'll get too smoky on you. 
and you can make it bitter. But a lot of times that's just because it's been in the smoke too long. When you get that beef up to a certain temperature, it's any meat. When you get it up to about 140, 145 in that range right there, you're not going to put any more smoke on the inside of it. The meat's not going to absorb it. It's just going to pile up on the outside, and that's where you get a lot of the bad flavors, especially if you don't have a good clean burning fire. That's the that's the number one thing when you're cooking with wood. You got to know that you got good airflow, and the wood's going to smoke instead of just sit there and just barely smolder. It's got too much moisture content. It's going to give off a real like thick looking smoke. It's, you want that thin, almost invisible, light blue smoke. That's perfect smoke. So you said cherry gives you a smoke, more of a smoke ring. Uh, yeah, it just you've noticed that. I, I definitely noticed it when barbecue, and that's one of the things we always use. It just gives a more pronounced redder color. Like, really, you know, it, it really does. Cherry drives it. So when we're cooking pork and we're cooking beef, we're always putting a little cherry on. Now it doesn't do it to chicken. Chicken will get that smoke ring tint too, really and you get more from chicken, but you don't want it in chicken. <laughs> that's why I usually never put cherry on chicken. Yeah. I always use pecan. I love pecan on chicken because it's got enough smoke flavor and it doesn't take a whole lot of it. Like one chunk will do you give you all the smoke flavor you need on chicken, and it you know it gives it gives a pretty outside too. Is there any other um, woods that you've noticed give a deeper smoke ring? Um, not than cherry. You know that's Cherry's usually what I go, go to. with. Yeah. I mean that smoke ring, it, it's it's not really all about the smoke it's in to make that. It's a chemical reaction in the meat making that happen. Smoke just helps it, and it's a byproduct of using wood to get that color. But a lot of it has to do with the temperature of the meat when you put it on, the the amount of salts that you've used on it, all that causes that chemical reaction to happen, and that's where you get that smoke ring from. So, I mean, you can even put, you know, there's curing salts that people put on and stuff like that yeah. to to, to give it a fake. And, yeah, it's yeah. like a fake looking smoke ring. It'll you know it causes that reaction to happen with very little smoke. And it makes it, it's like real artificial. Yeah. Um, people play with that a lot in competition barbecue, or they used to. Used to, to yeah. How yeah. much of it's common now. But. Yeah. Because I think it'll change the texture if you're not. You can, uh, it's easily to turn something more of like that ham-like consistency mm-hmm. using products like that, especially on pork. I'm the, uh, beef, it'll turn it into pastrami. You'll get, I mean, it'll, it'll cure it all the way too. So you got to really watch those if you're using them, but. I, mean, I don't, I mean, good, yeah, but. pastrami's good, but it's not what you want <laughs> if you're trying to go yeah. just get a smoke ring. And you can, I mean, to me, I can always tell. If I pick up a piece of meat, the smoke ring's like, you know, three quarters of an inch down, and you see that dark purplish almost color. It's like, come on now, who are you fooling? That ain't, <laughs> that ain't a real smoke ring. Because everybody knows you're not getting that much. Yeah. You know, on your Traeger. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just a false look, you know. Wet wood versus dry wood. Always dry. I like a low. Uh, you know, lower moisture content wood, uh, you know, somewhere in 15 to 20%. Is, is, I don't know if you use a moisture meter, that's kind of what I look for. I don't soak, I never soak wood. The only exception is if I'm just wanting uh, like a bump of smoke where I'm using wood chips and I'm trying to slow them down a little bit, I may use some wet wood chips, but the smoke you get from it's not, you know, it's just that moisture steam you see. Cooking and that's up. mostly pretty much at the end of a cook. You, yeah. I've seen you do that. You don't do that at the beginning. No. And I don't use chips very often. It's a lot of times when you're glazing. Yeah, just, just to get a little smoke set yeah. on the outer flavor. You know it's only going to be on there for five minutes, you know. Yeah. But Season. most of the time I use a dry wood. Now, there was days, like we first started barbecuing, everybody had buckets of wood, buckets of water. Heck yeah. Chunks filled up. I remember you that. And you could see the smoke rolling. That's how you knew you were yeah, doing that's how something. you knew you were smoking, <laughs> yeah. You're steaming. 
cooking all that <laughs> cooking all that water out of the wood before it would start smoking mm-hmm. and giving you the good smoke. And so, I mean, these people, I guess, we we learned as we kept cooking. And yeah, learned you really didn't need it. Now the problem is if you use too low of a moisture content wood, it's not going to smoke at all. It's going to go up and start just giving you heat. It's going to immediately go to flames. And I only I don't want that. I you want, want it on a stick dry. burner. Yeah, I want it dry on my stick burner. But when I'm trying to get flavor out of it, I don't necessarily want it that high. But even on my stick burner, a lot of times if I want to get extra smoke, I'll put chunks of wood underneath where the ashes are falling and let those smolder to produce the smoke, and then the splits are going on the fire on the hot coals to produce the heat. So you're kind of getting best of both worlds. Oh, okay. Have you ever, like, had splits where, you know, you're going to put on a wetter split at the beginning and then switch to a drier split? Yeah, but, well, most of the time, I mean, if we're starting it, sometimes I may let that. I like my wood to all be about the same season. I don't want it to be wetter. But I'll also, you know, put it in there in the chamber. Don't put it anywhere near the fire. Just where it's warming up or up on top of the, you know, the the cook chamber box. And then it'll it'll start letting it warm up to where I know it's going to go to BTUs instead of go to smoke. Oh, that's a good tip. And, you know, a lot of times the stick burners, you don't see. If they're running right, you don't see them yeah. smoking at all. You can only see the It's just clean register. heat. Yeah. And it, they, don't, they don't get stuff near as smoky as, say, a drum does or my old hickory when I'm burning chunks and, you know, a coal bed. It just doesn't get as smoky. That was some, something that uh, surprised me when we really started getting into stick burners years ago was the uh, the less amount of smoke, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you think, you think, you think oh, you're burning sticks. Smoky. Man, this stuff's going to be extra smoky. No, it's not. And I guess those, those if it's running when clean, you think yeah. about those restaurants where you go to and you say, oh, you've had a restaurant barbecue where it's you've ate it and it's so it's smoky and you taste it three days later yep. and you're still burping up stuff yep. from it. They it isn't because of the 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 pit itself doing it. It's because they just put the wood to it, <laughs> using bad wood probably whatever yeah. they want it rolling that old smoke so people can see it. And that's what I mean. I if I go to a restaurant, I'm looking. I want to be able to smell it but not see it. That's how I know they're using good good smoke. <laughs> so um, when you well, if we go talk about you know seasoning meats aside from smoke, um, so I was googling this and. The five flavors are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. Right. Heat's not on it. So I started Googling why, you know, spice. To me, that should be a flavor. But they say you don't feel. Don't taste spice. Yeah. You don't feel, feel. sweet, sou- sour, salty, bitter, or umami. Yeah. Spicy is not a taste because it does not work on the taste buds like an I'm, actual taste disagreed. does. You ever had something too salty? You feel that. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Tyler? For real. I feel something too. I mean, I can feel it way yeah. after I ate it too. It like blisters yeah. your mouth. Especially you that. Take, uh... I mean, it's a bad feeling. <laughs> too, something too salty, it's like set your tongue off. That's a bad feeling. I've had a steak at a steak contest that was like. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's way too salty. Yeah. yeah. It burns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that the MSG though? No, I think it's the salt. <laughs> <laughs> Just dump some salt in your mouth, see what it does. You feel it. But how? But I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that because, you know, your tongue has different regions on it. Like most yeah. of the time, you're going to taste that sweet first. And then. That's on your tip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then, then you're going to taste the saltiness and then the sour, the bitterness. Is it sweet, sour, bitter, salt? Sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. Yeah. And do you. Bitter and sour. Umami, various. that's something. I mean, they say it's the fifth taste or whatever. I don't know if, I mean, what 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 it does to me that umami is almost like, 
it brings out the other flavors. I agree. You know what I mean? It kind of act like MSG does. It's a acts, it accents those flavors. Like yeah. Brand accent. Yeah. It's like, a, but it, I don't know if you taste umami. Is it just the richness know. or, I mean, how do you, how would you describe that? Because I think it's just like brings on the, it makes the others better. Where would fat fall into that? Is it an umami? Probably. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. So when you're, what is your components? When what are your the things you're looking for? Um, I don't want bitter. Yeah. That's so I'm looking for sweet with the right amount of salt. Um, I don't want sour either. So you're really. looking for spice. Yeah. So it's more spice and but, smoke. I mean, I guess there's a sour element to it because you think about we use vinegar. Yeah, to give a lot, you, but and so it's the more vinegar, balanced. But it's more about balancing out the sweet and the richness is what it's for. And I guess you are tasting it. And I mean, if you think about it, like paprika is bitter. Or chilies can be bitter. And so there is a component to it. But if I ever get to where it's bitter in my barbecue, mainly it's the smoke's done it to it, not the seasonings has made it bitter. But if you get the combo, I guess you got to have it. But I'm thinking salty, sweet, savory, with smoke, with a little bit of heat. And that umami or what brings it all out. That's what we go for. That's why I use a lot of MSG in barbecue. That's why a lot of the rubs you see have it in there. Yeah. Because it wakes all those other flavors up. I love me some MSG. Yeah. I mean, in small doses, (laughs) I can get how people can have aversions to it, but it's like anything. If something's too salty, it's going to jack your blood pressure up. Something's too MSG, it's probably going to give you headaches or send you to the bathroom. (laughs) Usually, I can if I like a seasoning, I can turn it around and see it has some MSG. In it. MSG you, in well, it. you know, so we took it out of a lot of our stuff just because people have aversions to it. Yeah. You don't have to have it, and it's something you could add if you wanted to. It's still in the AP. Still in AP. You got to have an AP. That's the, <laughs> the essence <laughs> of. But it's such a small minute. You got to put it on there if it's in there. That's the thing with MSG, even though if it's a small dose, and it my and and what we have in the AP is just enough to wake those flavors up. It's not going to. I don't think you could put it. You'd put wait, more AP on the salt would blow you out before the MSG ever bothered you. Is the way I look at it. Yeah. But you know, like we had it in the barbecue rub originally. I took it out of the barbecue rub. It didn't think it needed it because I, you know, didn't 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 really make that much of a difference in it. Yeah. Um, the original recipe, I didn't have it. It never was in there either. So it was something we added because you could. Everybody in the barbecue world was using it. It's a competition uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a competition yeah. thing. That's what they're what, what do you always say? Judges love MSG. They, just they don't, don't even know, know it. it. Yeah. Oh, they all absolutely love it. <laughs> it's in everything. Everything that you eat in a competition, if you're a judge, don't, if you got an MSG, if you got any kind of aversion, don't go judge competition barbecue. Yeah, it'll tear you up. Yeah, you don't know what they've done. I mean, they could have used nut, you know, nut. Uh, I've never seen like any. Peanut stuff or, you know, pecan, yeah. whatever. If you got it, I mean, it could be in there. We don't have to disclaim that we're putting something in there like that. You're on, it's your own risk. I've never seen anybody, any competition cooks, do anything that's like bad food safety. Like yeah. They're not throwing it on the floor or anything oh, like no. that. But they are putting the fat to it. They're putting the seasonings the to butter. it, MSG to it. Uh, so it's very if you had to put a caloric count on some <laughs> competition barbecue, <laughs> I mean, you're probably eating 10,000 calories oh, well, at no a touch, you know? The sweet. Yeah, the butter, the the richness, the I mean, all of it. It's Bacon all that. grease. I mean, it's all. I mean, it's over the top. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted to be a barbecue judge until right now. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's <laughs> ultimate. Yeah, it's, for real. Yeah. You would enjoy it. You need to go do that. I would. Yeah, you got to sign up for a class. 
It's, it's yeah, fun. If, yeah, when all the spare time you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my problem. We don't have, I don't have time to go judge. I'd love, I would love nothing but to spend my Saturdays going and judging because it's fun. No, you don't. As soon as we go and judge a contest, you I say. I'm never doing that again. I, I could, could win. I could have beat. Could, yeah, everything I tried. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> and then you want to cook the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. then I want to cook. So how do you determine how much seasoning specific meats can take? Because you, I mean, we do like to season. Yeah. I don't know. I just like my stuff seasoned. You know, I don't know how, how much it can. I never put like a a measurement on it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I do for recipes, but most, you know what? When I do those recipes, like when I say a tablespoon of AP or something like that, that's a guess. I don't measure that. And I'm, you know, yeah. and it depends on the size of meat you're cooking and the quantity. A brisket? Yeah. Load it up. Yeah. I mean, you're I don't. not going to over. Can you over season something like that? Yeah, a you can over season it. You can kill it. I mean, you can. And I, and I, I just use a, a a normal Malcolm amount <laughs> you watch, <laughs> if I get heavy with it. But that's not. I think smaller. So really, determined what ultimately determines for me is the size of the meat. If I'm cooking smaller, thin stuff, I'm not going to put as much seasoning on it. Yeah. If I'm cooking big pieces of meat for long periods of time, I know I'm going to wrap it up and cook a lot of that off. It could handle more. If I'm building bark on a pork butt and I want a nice bark, you know. I'm, I'm hitting it with the rub, pretty heavy. But I, I kind of watch the the one thing you want to watch um, is your salt level because you can I get agree. it too salty. It also depends on the spice. rub. Yeah, it also depends on the seasons you're using. If yeah. I'm using the barbecue rub, I know I can go heavier, or I need to add a salt element and AP with it. Yeah. you know, because it's just not a salty rub. Right, right. But you can't use the AP like you use the barbecue. No, if you, you use, so if you use AP and hot or TX and hot. You got to watch it. You got to use a little of both because they're both salty or saltier. Yeah. You know, that's that. So that's kind of, you got to know what your taste, taste first, taste the seasoning you're using. See what it tastes like to you. How much would, you know, how much would you put on it if you were going to season a hamburger patty or something like yeah. that? And then go by that. That's the best way to do it. Because when you just go to piling it on, trying to layer all these different stuffs, you're going to end up with something that's so over the top. It's not even going to be, it's not going to be good. Yeah. It takes a while to get, Get the hang of get the hang of layer, yeah, yeah. Um, most of the stuff, the big stuff, though, you can put a pretty good bit. And my thing is always, you can always add. You can't take away though. Yeah, once no. you've seasoned it, it's there. Unless you, I guess you could wash it before you put it on. Once you put it on, it's. I've seen people do that too. But you know, we've laid stuff on ribs. Use two or three different rubs, and, and when you put them in the wrap with the butter and all the sweet stuff, you know, it just, it washes some of it off, and you end up reseasoning it a little bit on the back end too. So. There's depends on your process. You're just grilling something like a steak. You go to piling all that stuff on there. It's gonna. You're not gonna taste that meat at all. All you're gonna taste is those seasonings you put on the outside of it. And, and I can't promise you it's gonna be good either. And that's one of the problems I have with some of the yeah the steak contest steaks nowadays. Yeah, because guys are putting four and five different things on them, and you know it's, it don't taste it's like just, steak. Yeah, it's just not a good steak. Yeah, what steaks are winning right now are not necessarily. How you want to eat them? Yeah, but that's I mean you know that going in that's yeah. not yeah they're trying to outstand fifteen other steaks at those the, on on a average table judges are are tasting about fifteen steaks per table so that's a lot of different meat that you've got to come up with a different score for for every one of them yep and so yeah I see how it's it goes and, you and know, the more salty goes it, to the it, next it, one because you're trying to stand out and yeah. salt can yeah. I've done it myself. I've ta- I've cooked steaks. I said, man, I've ruined these today. Turned them in late in the steak contest and won. 
And I was like, well, there's no way that was a good steak. Like, you taste this one right here. You tell me that's a good steak. It'll burn your mouth. But those judges have tasted all the bland ones or the neutral ones or some over-the-top ones. You don't know what they had before yours or after yours. And so it just that was what makes that steak judging tough. Yeah, it does. Real tough. Um, Did you have anything else this weekend you wanted to talk about? Yeah, Rotel Chicken. <laughs> How many people know what Rotel Chicken is? Chicken it's, spaghetti is yeah. also called... Rotel chicken spaghetti. So, yeah. It's not the same as chicken uh, tetrazzini. Or how, how do you say that? You know, that's an Italian thing, Tyler. You know what I'm talking about? They do a turkey. Te- is it turkey tetrazzini too or something like that? It's not the same thing as southern rotel chicken spaghetti. Yeah. What is southern rotel chicken spaghetti? It's it's probably one of the most basic dishes that you grow up with eating in the south. It's spaghetti. You usually take a chicken and. Spaghetti it, it noodles. Could be, yeah. It could be boiled chicken. It could be grilled chicken you chopped up. It could be chopped up pieces of chicken you brown in a skillet. Traditionally, mama's yeah, boil it. Make, yeah. yeah. T- traditionally, they'd boil it and shred it like you're making chicken, old school chicken and dumplings. Yeah. They would take Velveeta cheese, a can of Rotel. Rotel is diced tomatoes with green chilies. Juice and all. Don't drain it. You mix that with the cheese. You melt that. You turn it into cheese, Rotel cheese dip. Then typically, you'd add like a can of cream of mushroom soup, a can of cream of chicken soup, something like that. Add your chicken in there, maybe season it a little bit, stir it up, boil them some spaghetti noodles, about, you know, I don't know, a good handful, or not the whole packet. <laughs> Depending on how much cheese you got, how big a dish you're making, you got to judge your noodles, and you mix all that up in a bowl. You cook pasta, you cook it al dente, mix it all up in a bowl, dump it in a casserole dish, throw it in the oven. You don't have to top it with extra cheese unless you want to. Sometimes they put breadcrumbs on top of it. Sometimes they put... You know, extra parm or something like that goes in the oven, bakes it till it all kind of comes together. It's hot and bubbly, and you serve it with garlic bread. It is a mm. fine dish. It is. Mm. It is a fine dish. So, what went wrong with your chicken spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was just way too cheesy. You made. I don't know. Let's go back over. Do you want to do that, or you don't want to visit this? <laughs> I knew it was bad. You made a cheese sauce <laughs> that was fine. It would have, it would have, I mean, it had all different kinds of cheeses in it. It had Velveeta in it, which you never, never liked to I use. I was trying to make it extra. Did it have cheese. mayonnaise in it? No, it did not. Oh, okay. It did have a little sour cream. Sour cream in it? Cream of mushroom. Cream of mushroom. I even sauteed like some onions and peppers. Oh, that's and, always good in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you had this cheese sauce going. I was trying to make it extra cheesy for you. Yeah, it, it was. It was That's the cheesiest Rotel chicken. It was more, yeah. It was more like cheesy spaghetti because the Rotel and the peppers and all that stuff was gone. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The Velveeta <laughs> ate it. The Velveeta <laughs> ate it. Oh, it was good. Do you know anything about chicken spaghetti or Rotel chicken? Heck spaghetti? yeah. Yeah. My it's real, it's I always, awesome, isn't it? It's it is. Awesome. I always just get a rotisserie chicken from Kroger. That's, That's what, what I did, and it too. worked. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I just It was not Rotel chicken spaghetti. Not, it, was it wasn't bad. what I envisioned when you asked me what was one meal I wanted for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I owe you an improved Rotel chicken. I just want the classic. I don't want any any improv improv on it. I just want You, you want know, me to go back to old school. J and J sells it. They've, one day <laughs> it's like Thursdays. It's chicken spaghetti day. That's today. Is that today? <laughs> today oh, is today. Man. Dang, I've got to go by there before I get out of town. <laughs> but yeah, I just want the classic. I tried to do too much. You fancied it up too much. 
I cheesed it up. It, it was like good. eating a block of Velveeta, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Too I don't much know. Cheese. Yeah. Well, like if you're that, gonna use but... if you're gonna use that other cheese, you had so the ratio is one pound of cheese is all you need in a batch of chicken spaghetti. So if you're gonna use that, if you're gonna use four pounds, you gotta use you gotta use a lot more noodles <laughs> and a lot more rotels and a lot more soups because it because it. I really, know it's a ratio thing. Yeah, and so so the deal is when you make this up, it's supposed to be runny before you bake it. Yeah, like it's, you want, it don't no, hurt. Mine was splat. like yeah, it was cheese. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I don't think you could have spammed it. You know, uh, I knew. Before, I was like, this it. You told me. I said, this I love is going wrong. This. Yeah. this is this is going wrong. You <laughs> My problem is I never use recipes. Yeah, and most of the time that works out for me. This time it was it was a different take on it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it was good, baby. It was good. It was a different it was interpretation. Yeah, it was good. It just wasn't what I was. You'd had to take a bite of the uh, rotel chicken and then eat a few bites of the salad to like <laughs> make it. <laughs> shoot it locked out. up. <laughs> oh. oh man, it was good stuff though. Yeah. It was different. This directly contradicts TikTok, Malcolm, because you always say you can't get too cheap. Oh, I guess you can't. <laughs> Shell proved me wrong on that. You can get too cheesy. This top, so the, I, and also we used a penne pasta. Yeah, we replaced the noodles. Spaghetti, which was good. I love penne pasta. But this would have been a great one. Like once you got it all together, to let it get cold. And then cut it into squares and batter and deep fry it. <laughs> you would have had this cheese stick, spaghetti type, you know, egg flour, egg wash, breadcrumbs. Yeah, man, but it, it had to be. It would have to be small. You could do it in balls, or you, <laughs> you think of it, the big square. I was thinking the square, like a cream no, cheese block. It and then when much. you cut into it, it would just ooze all that cheese back. I don't think that cheese is oozing too much. It was. I don't think so. Locked up. The only thing it was missing was like pull apart. <laughs> mozzarella cheese strands in it. Like if you'd had that, <laughs> yeah. you dug off in there. <laughs> oh man, it was not my best effort. It was good. It was just it was it was cheesy. I can't. They can't all be winners. They can't all be winners. So this weekend you're going fishing with the crew. Yeah, we're taking Brian. Brian's getting married, and this is his. Uh, bachelor trip, I guess, or what middle-aged guys do for a bachelor. <laughs> My vote was to go to Vegas. I was like, let's fly to Vegas. It'll be, you know, fun three nights in Vegas. Bachelor party, you know, get the get the limo, go out one day, probably, you know, run a suite, have a big party or whatever. Maybe donkeys. I don't know. You, know, you never know how Vegas is going to go. I've seen, you've seen bachelor parties with Tom Hanks. It's a great time. I just – but I got shot down quick. Like nobody's nobody's wife said they go to Vegas. Except you, you, you're okay with it. I said you need an anchor to take with you. As long as I take somebody to keep me in check, it'll be like, all right, guys, this has got a little hit. You know, all <laughs> right, out of hand. I would have got him. Right. Yeah, Tyler could have <laughs> win. Tyler no, could have win. Kept me in I check. Don't, I don't think I trust Tyler <laughs> at all. I think he falls into that Mark category of you might throw a lighter fluid on that fire. You know, let's just do it, man. She won't know. Nobody's gonna know. Somebody's taking pictures. Oh no, Malcolm. Can we turn this into a TikTok? (laughs) Yeah, it's okay if you can make a TikTok out of it. That's my rule. It's okay if you can make a TikTok out of it. Uh, So you get out of a lot of stuff. Just turn it into TikTok. There's crazier stuff than what we do on TikTok. Uh, So y'all are going fishing. (laughs) You rent a cabin in Arkansas. Yeah, and going fishing. No, that's going to be great. I love it. I love going. I've already been over there once this year fishing. 
It's the White River, some of the best trout waters in the United States. Uh, we're going to go catch some rainbows and browns, and who knows, maybe a cutthroat or a brook, whatever's in there. Do All a little side by side ride. Side by side, taking the got them loaded up outside right now. I've I'm taking it easy. I got two cases of Miller <laughs> Miller Lite for <laughs> me. Any whiskey? I didn't bring any whiskey. That's probably good. Yeah, I said I didn't need the brown. It's going to be hot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Miller Lite's like drinking water when it's hot. Yeah, so it's you know that's that's okay, right, Tyler? Yeah. And then you need a bucket of Fireball. Those little baby, you know. <laughs> Last time I went there, we had. <laughs> you just like we rode side by sides, and every stop you'd do a shot. By the time you got back, it's like. How'd I get here? Great. So what's no, we're going to cook some steaks. Uh, Mikey made gumbo for tonight. He made it last night, and it's been sitting. We're going to take it and probably uh, put it on the back burner while we do. I don't know what we're going to do tonight, but we're going to eat that for dinner. And then tomorrow we're going fishing all day, and we're going to have uh, some probably some burgers and brats or something after we get through fishing. Maybe cook some of the fish we catch. Maybe if we decide to keep some, then the next day I think we're, uh, Mark bought fillets. Okay. So y'all doing the whole steak and potatoes? Steak and potatoes. potatoes. Keep it easy. Yeah. So, um. Are you taking grills, or do they have grills at oh, this place? I got a grill at the cabin. Yeah, yeah. It's got a, I think it's had a Weber back there. We look. Okay. So you all friends taking? from Towns and uh, Spices have a cabin right there, Shane and Lawson. That's true. Lawson's actually living there now, but I think he's going to be out of town. Shane's going to be coming down, staying on the river. So we'll go hang out with them. We'll probably fish during the day on the boats and then bank fish at night. Mark had he, he uh, had this crazy idea to so say he'd come up with the craziest bait to catch fish on. We're going to have a little contest. He, let me tell you what he did. Hey, I, he bought pickled bologna. I don't know. I, I've never. Where did he find pickled bologna? Super low. Had pickled bologna. He said it's the nastiest stuff ever. He said the texture is like, if you think, potted meat's like a 12 compared to this stuff. Did he taste it? Oh, yeah, he tasted it. He I'm said it's, curious. Well, you don't want to taste it now. <laughs> he took like a tube. He took that pickled bologna, poured a little of the juice out. Squeezed in a tube of anchovy paste, then poured in a whole thing of chopped garlic, and then added Parmesan cheese to it. This is his trout bait now. And then let it. And sit I, out I don't the know sun. what kind of river monster he's fixing <laughs> catch with this. <laughs> and then let it. It's been out the sun since Monday. Here and it's been ninety something degrees every day. So I don't even know. I don't want to smell. I'll, I'll, pre, I'll puke. I'd be like, all right, Mark, you won this I got, one. <laughs> my, my, my crazy baits. I got some night crawlers. <laughs> I know. I'll be like, you won this one. Oh crap! I forgot my night crawlers. I gotta go back home. Dang it! Well, that's all, folks. No. Well, that's all. <laughs> hey, it's been fun. Show working about us. Tyler, how about you? All right, wrap it up. <laughs> Y'all are literally leaving. Like yeah. as soon as we wrap this up. So, Shell, where can they find us? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram, TikTok, Tyler. And y'all can find me on Twitter at TikTok Tyler and Instagram at TikTok underscore Tyler. And make sure you guys download our app. That's right. And hey, y'all, y'all wish me luck. I got to catch the biggest fish. I got a little prize. We're going to put a little bounty up on it. Y'all always have to have something It's got to be a competition, right? But uh, we'll see y'all next time. I blame Mark. <laughs> we blame Mark. It's always.